no vaccine is 100% effective, first of all. Like, it's 95% effective, but 95 ain't 100. Condoms aren't 100% effective, bro. Only abstinence is 100% effective. Not, not for Mary. That didn't work <laughs> out for her. That is, yeah, you're right. You are right. Abstinence Ooh. is 99.9 and a lot of nines, but not 100% effective. <laughs> What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of Reason to Doubt. With you, as always, is your boy, Jordan. And joining me again is our friend, Jared. Hello, Jordan. Thank you for taking one uh, solo for the team last time. Yeah, talking about nuclear power is a real struggle for me. So I know. You must have just been gritting your teeth trying to get through it. Uh, get by somehow. Well, so, go ahead. <laughs> Yeah, well, I, I really appreciate that, and uh, this time we're actually going to talk about something that is uh, probably in the news quite a bit recently, and that is COVID vaccines. Yeah, uh, in case you haven't been following the news too closely in this past year, we're in the middle of a pandemic, uh, and recently, well, I say recently, it's been, what, five months now, something like that, scientists have developed and companies have produced and the government is distributing not one, not two, but three different vaccines in America. There's another one in Europe that are wildly effective. Just blows everyone's expectations away. It's amazing. It's so amazing that people don't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's literally unbelievable and people are not believing it. In fact, according to a Gallup poll in America, a full 25% of adults say they're not willing to get the vaccine. A quarter of all adults in America are just not going to get it. So about 75% either have get it or have said they will get it hmm. or would get it if it were free, which it is. I'd be curious to see what the how that divides amongst like party lines. Well, Jared, I'm glad you mentioned that because there is a strong partisan component. So they have you can look the at the Gallup release yourself they release it on may 5th so you can google it and there'll be a link in the show notes and so you can see the whole breakdown but by party identification 53 percent of republicans have either gotten it or willing to get it which means 47 percent are not or unsure now that's as opposed to 95 percent of democrats who either have gotten it or will get it so definitely a stark divide there yeah uh, I don't think this is strictly a U.S. phenomenon, though, right? Like, this is global-wide. There's hesitancy amongst people to get the vaccine. Yeah, it's definitely all across the globe for varying amounts. Uh, there are some places like Myanmar where their average was above 90%, so they're doing well. But worldwide, we are about where the world average is. About 30% of adults worldwide are not willing to get vaccinated. Now, that number is significant, actually, because, as we'll talk about in a second, 100 minus 30 <laughs> is 70. And that's about the amount that researchers have guessed is what we need for herd immunity. So basically, in order to get to the other side of this pandemic, we need people vaccinated so they're not spreading the virus around. Yeah. and infecting new people. The more people you have vaccinated, the less hosts, the fewer hosts that the virus has to jump around to. So 
the pandemic can end sooner. Yeah. And but that's if Yeah. If if we have a third of adults or a quarter of adults who are just flat refusing, we'll never get there. Right, which is what's it's prompting some researchers to question the whole idea of herd immunity as a strategy. Uh, because it just doesn't seem like it's going to be possible unless we started coercing people. Right. Now, there's a reason why we're talking about this on our podcast because you know, one, the pandemic in America has killed over a half a million people, and you're over three million people worldwide at this point. Uh, and our that's podcast, just the people that are dead. That are that's just not dead. Including, that's not including the people who have long-term health risks. Right. All of the the all, all of the damaging side effects of COVID. I mean, there's a huge, huge problem. Obviously, you know, yeah. the respiratory and, illnesses alone that come with it is is, is pretty crazy. And the strain it puts on the healthcare system. There are people who have had to put off other important uh, surgeries or treatments because the hospitals were slammed with COVID patients. So yeah. this is a big deal. And it's important. we thought it was important for us to talk about it because what this really is, at the end of the day, is a lack of skepticism or kind of a misplaced skepticism. These people... These I'm going to call them anti-vaxxers because they are anti this vaccine, though there's certainly a lot more people than your usual run-of-the-mill anti-vaxxers. I've a lot of my friends who I know are pro-vaccine in general are anti this vaccine, but they will share a meme on Facebook. Oh, did you hear that this person got the vaccine and died? This other person has magnetic arms. I saw today, or mm-hmm. they're shedding spikes or whatever crazy claim and they just immediately believe it you know no questions oh my god that's so terrible meanwhile you have all of the world's experts in the like all of the doctors every single one is saying you should get vaccinated and they're just like i don't know if i believe that though yeah (laughs) all i'm thinking about right now is what i could do with magnetic arms so well it's only (laughs) magnetic like right at the injection site apparently Oh, okay. Well, that's yeah, not so fun. it's not a very good superpower. <laughs> yeah. Like, but yeah, you're right. It's they, they believe this crazy nonsense on the internet without any verification whatsoever. But when an expert tells them they should be doing something, they're like super skeptical and don't look into it. And I'm, I'm going to say skeptical. They're cynical. It's, right. Yeah, because the proper skeptical view would be to lack belief in the claim and then go look for evidence, right? Right. So... And that, that's how you should view for every claim. So disclaimer, though, like we're not doctors. Neither one of us is a doctor. I don't know anything about medicine at all. I know a little bit, enough to get in trouble. But but I'm not a doctor. Not a doctor. So you should go get what we did was we went to the Internet and we found doctors. And we, then we listened to these experts. And that's yeah. what you should do, too. So what we're going to do is we're going to go through some of the craziest myths that we've heard about COVID-19 and just break them down and explain why they're nonsense. Probably if you're listening to this podcast, you don't believe any of these, but it's likely that some of you have heard these. So maybe this information will be helpful to you in maybe addressing someone's fears and getting them to be vaccinated, or maybe it'll just help you show that you're right and prove someone wrong on the internet, which is also just as important. (laughs) Well, yeah, and that... So our method of thinking is that we want to examine this claim like every other claim that is made. We start off by A, not believing it, 
and then b seeking evidence right right like there's a whole like oh well you have the burden of proof to prove it to me well as we're going to talk about this is a little bit more important than just like well i don't believe you because so much is at stake well, the burden this. of proof is is on the one making the claim it's on the claim yeah right so you disbelieve the claim until you get evidence but anyway enough on that so let's get into the the tinfoil hat region of the myths we've gotten the first one and probably i think the most common one that i've heard at least is that this is rushed this whole vaccine was a hack job that they did it way too fast and we're all basically guinea pigs yeah there's no way they could have gotten this vaccine out in the time that they did and have it be safe like I'm not going to let somebody poke me or jab me in the arm. That's the new word, the jab, getting yeah. jabbed. Yeah. And to be fair, the original estimates, like people were not optimistic about getting a vaccine in under a year because vaccines are hard to develop. But so if someone is saying that they're rushed, that is has to be relative to something that's not rushed, right? So Jared, why don't you break down what, what normal looks like? Yeah. So I got this information from Johns Hopkins University, uh, a very reputable school and medicine uh, establishment. So a medicine the, establishment. That's a, med- a technical term. A medical place where you get medicine yeah. that's established. Right. So let's just establish that. So, so. John Hopkins Doctorville. <laughs> yeah. So uh, the links for this will be in the show notes, but they had a very good breakdown uh, of what normal looks like with the COVID, well, not with COVID, with regular vaccine procedures. And then they showed what the accelerated timeline. So we're going to go over the normal one first. Normally, it takes about one to 10 years for preclinical trials and phase one clinical trials. And that's just to assess the safety and the dosing and the immune responses of these particular vaccines. So you know, there's a big range there depending on the complexity of the virus they're trying to develop a vaccine for, but anywhere from one to 10 years. And when they're doing a trial, that means that they're injecting some portion of the population with their design vaccine and then seeing what happens. Exactly. So there are some human trials in this first section, and that's typically towards the latter end of this this first uh, time block, if you will. The second time block is typically about two to three years. Uh, and that's when it's progressed to what they call phase two clinical trials. And this is when they're starting to assess the safety again, but also the immune response. So they've injected people. They're making sure the first one, they're injecting people to make sure that they have the dosings right and stuff. Now they're checking to see like, how is the immune system responding to these doses? And they're fine tuning the vaccines to. And it's to a get, much larger group now. Yes. And they're, they're yeah, much larger population, much larger sample size. Uh, because we said, okay, the first guinea pigs. Now these, the first ones actually are guinea pigs. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. Uh, these guinea pigs are still alive, so we're good to go on to more people. Um, right. And then the third block is typically about two to four years, and this is when you get the phase three. So this is they're still testing the efficacy of the vaccine, but they're also going through the regulatory approval to get it out to the market. They're starting the manufacturing and the delivering of the vaccine. So if you look at that, on the minimum side, a typical vaccine could take about five years on the short end, up to anywhere to 17 years to get fully developed and out in the marketplace. And just so you know the scale, the first, the phase one trials are a couple dozen people. Yeah. The phase two trials are a few hundred. 
And then the phase three trials are huge, like thousands or tens of thousands of people. Because the more people you have, if, if something only happens one in 10,000 times, if you have 40,000 people, then it's going to happen a few times. Yeah. If you only test 100 people, you probably not get it at all. Right, exactly. So that's what normal looks like. They go from small trials to progressively larger and larger trials. Also, these trials are what's called blind, double blind, especially in phase three. So they'll have a group of individuals that are the placebo. They're injected with something that's just like saline. And then a group of people who have the actual vaccine and no, neither the people getting injected or the people doing the injections know who's who. And then they see what happens. And hopefully the people who didn't get the vaccine get sick a lot more. I mean, that's, I mean, hopefully nobody gets, you know, (laughs) ideally your vaccine is stopping some people from getting sick. Or or you could say, hopefully the people who got the vaccine got sick less. Right. That's a more positive way of saying it. Sure. If you want to look at it that way. (laughs) So that, that's what normal looks like. Yeah. So what does not normal look like? So, uh, They've had a lot of strategies to accelerate this timeline because we're in the middle of a pandemic and it would certainly suck if it just raged through the population for the next four years. And so they had a couple things going for them. First of all, just the the fact that we're in a pandemic with a highly contagious virus means that your sample sizes can be really big and you don't have to wait very long to see if people are going to get sick. Because they're getting sick already. Right, exactly. Yeah. So a lot, if there is a, vex, a virus that doesn't infect people very fast, you'd need to wait longer to see how effective your vaccine is. Or get them sick on purpose. Right, which might be unethical. unethical. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's just one of the natural advantages. One of the things that you might be of not that doesn't seem particularly surprising to me is a lot of red tape just disappears when the fate of the world is in the balance. Operation Warp Speed. Right. And so they authorized a lot of measures that they normally wouldn't do because it, you know, it's important. So one of the things they did is instead of running these phases in series, you finish phase one, you examine everything, then you finish phase two and you examine everything, then you finish phase three. So it's A, then B, then C. They ran one, two, three, all at the same time. Yeah. They kind of stacked them, staggered them a little bit, but were able to get them done almost within the same window if they would have phase one trials, per se. Right. And so by running one, two, and three simultaneously, they weren't waiting for the results of one to be done and dusted before they started three. The other thing they did was they put their eggs in their basket and they started to count them before they hatched because they were manufacturing the vaccine at the very beginning of these phase one trials, hoping that they were going to work. Right. Which the manufacturers actually took a, a sizable risk, backed up a little bit by the government, but still they were, they were essentially saying we're so confident in our vaccine and it's so important that it gets in arms as fast as possible that we're going to start production today, praying that in six months we'll be good to go and we can start injecting people. Yeah. And it turns out it worked. Uh, another thing that they had going for them that allowed the process to get sped up was the fact that we had the genome from like day one almost. It was we learned about the COVID nineteen virus in late December of twenty nineteen, and in on January eleventh, the genome was released by Chinese scientists. And like two weeks later, we had the genome. Yeah. Regardless of how you think they got that genome, doesn't matter. We got it. Right. So if. It doesn't matter. The point is we had the genome right away, which obviously makes research when you're trying to examine the virus, having the genome right in front of you is super helpful. 
another thing they had going for them. Like, the, like these are all the things that are just stacking up. Uh, Moderna and Pfizer were mRNA vaccines. We're going to go into what those are in a minute, but that's a vaccine type. It's new technology, but it's much quicker to develop. Right. The other thing, so a lot of people think that COVID just came out of nowhere. Um, COVID, some form of COVID has been around for a long time. Uh, they think it was around as early as like 1930, but the first published like photograph or image of it actually appeared in the virology journal in 1964. And they actually named it as uh, coronavirus in 1968. So we've had a long time to study this virus and or variants of this virus. And the first vaccine attempts even started back in 2002. I don't know if anybody's around back then, but there was a SARS outbreak in mostly in Asia, and it was very deadly, very contagious. And so we had been starting vaccine research all the way back to 2002. So we had almost 18 years, like head start on this. Yeah, there's a reason why it's called COVID-19. It's, it's not because it's not the 19th t- kind. It's the one that came out, was discovered in 2019, but it's part of a family of viruses that we've been studying. So this doesn't come out of the blue. It wasn't just something that was, I don't know, something crazy, like manufactured in a lab or something like that. Yeah. So part of this, uh, this section here, you know, you may be skeptical of, well, were these trials safe? Were they effective? I mean, they were rushed, but they were rushed we want to know where they rushed in a safe way. Well, how do we find that out? So what we did was we did some some searching and the New England Journal of Medicine has posted all uh, some summaries and stuff of these trials. And you can go and see what the results of these trials were. Phase one trials, they break them all the way down into phase two. And then the total overall, they break that down, the whole efficacy and safety of the entire um, vaccine development. These papers are freely available, and the New England Journal of Medicine is one of the most prestigious journals in medicine. Yes, peer-reviewed, non-biased. Like, yeah, no, nobody who works for the NEJM is getting anything from Moderna or Pfizer for publishing these. I mean, there's like a fee, but it's not like they, they're not profiting off of this vaccine. Right. It's pure. It's a peer-reviewed, just like everything else, and which um, you can see the data yourself, and it's going through the normal channels, which. We, were, we talked about this before the show. People are saying, oh, it's rushed. It's rushed, which implies, well, if it wasn't rushed, maybe it'd be safer. Well, who defined what rushed is? Well, the doctors did. Like, <laughs> yeah. The New England Journal of Medicine and the CDC, and they decided what rushed, what normal is. And so if, if you're saying, well, okay, well, when they define what's normal, that then they're competent. But if they decide this is safe too, then, you know, what the hell do they know? You know? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It, it, I can understand if you hear that vaccines normally take eight years and this one was done in under a year, you might raise some eyebrows, but it doesn't take much digging to see all of the work that went into it. There's the the Mayo Clinic, Johns Hopkins, the CDC, they've all put out videos that you can watch that like break down exactly the kind of steps they're putting in into place to make sure this is done safely. So that no one's no one's being haphazard about this. All of the normal f- trials that a vaccine would do these vaccines have done. They just and they, they checked the boxes saying they were good to go. Right. They they got all the same results that they would have normally gotten. All the results were good and so they were approved. That they, they didn't skip any steps. Well, that's all fine and dandy, Jordan, but you did say that 
there was some new technology with this mRNA stuff. And I, I'm pretty worried that because I got the vaccine, I'm pretty worried that now like my DNA has been altered and I'm going to turn into like a zombie or something. I don't know. Yeah, so you might get superpowers, perhaps, like a small part of your arm becoming magnetic. But <laughs> so it, it is true that mRNA vaccines are newer technology. And like you said, this has led to a lot of fear mongering. I've heard everything from, like you said, the your DNA is going to be altered and you'll, I don't know, sprout eye stalks or something to uh, spike proteins are shedding, which is apparently very scary. Alex Jones said that people's like brains were like rotting yeah. in their head. You like, know, your neurological system breaks down within a year or something. Like right, which like how would you know? We we're not even a year out from the vaccine. Like how would you know? Like where's your data, Alex yeah. Jones? You're like five months from the first person who got it. Like <laughs> <laughs> rubbed his crystal ball. Yeah. Anyways, so all right, let's break this one down. First of all, in order, mRNA is something that maybe your average person hasn't heard of before. So first you need to know how COVID works, how the virus and viruses in general work. So you may have seen a picture of the COVID-19 virus. It's like this ball with the spiky stuff, all these little prongs coming off of it. Well, those spikes are called spike proteins. Not They're proteins and they're spiky, spike proteins. And it floats about in your bloodstream, in your body, and it hits a cell. And those spikes basically like latch onto your cell. It's like Velcro. Yeah. They latch onto a particular part of your cell. And I'm simplifying this way down because I'm not a doctor, but they latch onto your cell to a part of your cell and then they inject their genetic material into your cell and that your cell becomes a virus factory and it reproduces the virus. Your cell it basically turns your cells against you. Uh the, the spikes are, are essential for COVID nineteen to be able to do this. So that's how the co- the virus works. Now, mRNA is, uh, or messenger RNA, is kind of like an instruction manual on how to produce things like proteins in your cells. So normally, mRNA is uh, created by your body. It's copied from the DNA in the nucleus, and it's sent out in the cytoplasm, and that's where all the, the factories are, and it's like an instruction manual for them to build stuff, and it builds the stuff, and then they break down the mRNA and shoot the protein out to wherever it needs to go. That's so you have mRNA in your body all the time and it, it's constantly being created and cycled in order to produce things. So putting those two together, what they did with that genome that they had from very early on was they looked at the sequence of the virus and they found the part of the sequence that's just for the spikes, just the spiky stuff on the outside of the, the virus. And they figured out an mRNA sequence to tell your body to make just those. So it's making the part of the virus that attaches to the cell, but doesn't inject the bad stuff into your cell. Right. Just the spikes, not the rest of the virus. And so the vaccine puts this mRNA in your body, which then goes through. It gets absorbed by your cells. Your cells are like, oh, look, new mRNA instructions. And they build a bunch of spikes and spew them out. But they're harmless because they're not connected to a virus. Your body, though, sees them as an invasion and your body figures out, your white blood cells figure out how to make antibodies to attack the spikes and neutralize them. And now they know. Now they're prepared for the next fight. And so the next time they see these spikes, when a COVID virus comes around, they're like, hey, I know what that is. Block it. Right. Yeah. So one way, 
that was a lot of you know big sciencey words and very technical in-depth conversation from two not doctors to break it down to someone who's an idiot like me probably the best the best explanation i've gotten was imagine that covid-19 is a guy with fork hands he has like forks gripped in his hand like wolverine claws and he's going to attack you with his fork hands but fortunately we know he's coming and so what we did was we gathered up a bunch of forks and we showed them to your body and you're like hey if you see these forks it's bad news destroy all forks and your body practices on how to destroy forks and it figures it out and then fork hand guy shows up and your body's like i know what those are those are forks and it destroys the forks <laughs> fork hand threat neutralized that's how the mrna vaccine works Yes, I, I'm just picturing Wolverine going through my body right now, just getting beat up. But yeah, he, he's getting just worked over yeah. by by your highly trained uh, immune system. So that's so, how it works. Yeah, but what does it not do? So first of all, it can't affect your DNA because, as you might remember from high school biology, the DNA in your cell is in the nucleus and nowhere else, just the nucleus, and the mRNA is only in the cytoplasm, which is outside of the nucleus, and there the twain shall meet. The mRNA goes nowhere near the DNA, so there's no way it can affect it. And even if it did, the mRNA isn't really designed to do anything with it. It's like... And, and this isn't like some, like I said, some exotic yeah. thing that your body doesn't know what to do. It, it uses mRNA all the time. This is just... It's not going to like slip through the cracks like, oh, right. look, well, yeah, I found like my way here. <laughs> yeah, this is just a, another set of instructions just like all the other instructions they get. And so your MR, mRNA is broken down naturally in the body and the mRNA from the vaccine is no different. Your body knows exactly how to break it down and it does. The things that are created are the spikes. The spikes themselves are completely harmless. They don't do anything. Another claim that I've heard, and, and I've heard this one a lot, is that people are worried about those the spike protein shedding um so it's hard to know exactly what they're claiming because most of the people i talk to just say like oh the spike proteins are going to shed and i'm like okay well what does that mean and they're not sure but they're sure it's scary well <laughs> i mean if you had a bunch of spikes floating around in your body that can't be a good thing right maybe that's what they're imagining like there's just like there's just like spikes like tumbleweeds like just <laughs> rolling down your arteries or something. i don't know man just like cutting stuff up as it goes yeah. by. <laughs> yeah, well, like, we did give the forks example, so maybe that's not that's a good one. <laughs> what doctor thought this was a good idea? <laughs> yeah, maybe like 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 COVID nineteen actually isn't a virus. It's just like it's just like a, a spiked balls that are just like rampaging through your body. Oh man! New, all right, new new uh, conspiracy you know thing yeah. started right now. So so. Uh, so, so some of the sources I saw that were trying to refute this were citing like basically like Twitter posts and posts on Facebook and stuff. And what people seem to be afraid of is that the the spike proteins that are made by the vaccinated people cells would shed. And in the medical world, shedding means like transmitting. So like you shed the virus, you, you transmit it to other people. Yeah. So like these spike proteins are shedding the vaccinated people. So like they're almost like getting infected with the vaccine. And then also somehow that is affecting women's fertility and menstrual cycles and turning frogs gay and you know dogs and cats playing together you know total chaos total chaos in the streets so there's a lot of reasons why this is ridiculous first of all if we could make a vaccine 
that was like infectious and self-spreading. I'm not a doctor. Maybe there'd be problems, but that sounds pretty awesome to me. Yeah. Patient zero, let them go. Right. Like this whole vaccine hesitancy, don't worry about it. You just like spray that stuff into the neighborhood, you know, and let it just disperse. Like that would be awesome. You are now infected with the cure. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So, I mean, I wish it did that. That would be amazing. But unfortunately, it doesn't. We Um, should go to school, medical school, and learn how to do that. Yeah. So, no, it doesn't do that. Like we said, all it is is mRNA, which goes into your cells and then is broken down. There's no mechanism for it to go anywhere. Uh, this, the, the proteins are not the virus. There's, there's, no, there's no way these proteins don't do anything. So yeah. there's no way for them to go anywhere. And even if it did, they're harmless. That <laughs> There's just, the, it's just a bunch of word salad. They're just like saying it, it'd be like, it's, there's just as much evidence that spike proteins would affect their cycles as like, well, I heard that if you have spike proteins, you know, it attracts bears. Like, yeah. Well, the thing with this one is, so somebody makes a claim that spike proteins, right? Well, okay. I could say that sounds pretty scary. I'm not going to lie. Spike proteins sound scary. What I could do is just say, I'm not getting the vaccine now because that sounds scary. Or I could Google spike protein shedding and figure out what the hell it is and if it is scary. And you could get all the information we just told you in like under a minute. Literally, yeah, you wouldn't be maybe understand all of it or break down like what mRNA and all this stuff is, but it's there for you and right, you could find it. Now, if you were worried about mRNA and like for, you you don't believe us and you don't believe John Hopkins. You shouldn't believe us, first you, of all. You, you shouldn't believe us. You don't believe the sources that we're going to go post that you should then go check. So you don't believe Johns Hopkins. You don't believe the CDC. mRNA is the devil. Well, have I got good news for you because... Johnson and Johnson is not an mRNA vaccine. Yeah, but Jordan, Johnson and Johnson is going to give me blood clots and I'm going to die. Are you a 30-year-old woman? Well, Then, then no, you're not going to get blood clots. <laughs> what if I was a 30-year-old woman? Am I going to die then? Probably not. Okay. So, so yeah, that's another. And, and this one, to be fair, this one is actually true to an extent. So as it was broadly in the news. They discovered that the Johnson Johnson vaccine was linked to a certain type of rare blood clot in some patients. And so what did they do? Well, obviously, they swept that under the rug and didn't tell anybody because... And they kept pushing that vaccine out there. Right, because that's the goal, right? That's, a, that's, what we, that's what we would expect to happen if that's what their goal was. No. What they no. actually did was put a pause on it and say, all right, let's take a look at this and make sure that it's safe. In fact, they got flack for doing that by a lot of people because they're like, so what happened in case you didn't hear was that there was a small number of people. And by small, I'm talking like double digits. Like, Yeah, I think not, it was only like six women at first or something at, like that. At first. And then yeah. as I dug, I, I can't remember how many they found, uh, but it was a small number. And they found these women that were having blood clots and they're out of an abundance of caution. They said, okay, we're going to, halt the distribution of this vaccine for now look into this and see if it's really a problem and so they looked into it and it turned out that out of 6.8 million doses there was originally six and then maybe i I can't find the exact number but it's like Like up to 30 maybe or something like that a very small number of people had this vaccine so the rate is 
tiny. Like you it's literally have zero something. Yeah, you literally have a a higher chance of being struck by lightning yeah. than by getting blood clots from this vaccine. So one of the reasons they stopped is because these these blood clots were unusual, and so um, they required a different treatment plan than your normal run-of-the-mill blood clots, I'm told by doctors. And so it was important for doctors who were prescribing this or getting the vaccine to know what to look for. And it also informed risks. So like if you're a woman in your 30s and all of the people who had these blood clots were women in their 30s, who maybe you have birth control, which, by the way, also has a high risk of blood clots, well, much, much higher than this. And maybe you smoke, so you're already at risk. Maybe with those combination of factors, you and your doctor decide, why don't you do Pfizer instead? you know problem solved you still get right. vaccine right but that's all it is like it, it's not like you get infect you get infected you get injected with johnson johnson which is by the way what i got and you're immediately like your heart's gonna clot up and you're gonna keel over deadly this this is a case of people not understanding relative risk we've talked about the the, the vaccine is gonna shed all over your couch and stuff and then blood clots are gonna happen well, according to a lot of other people, Pete, like uh, you showed me a post. Yeah, where I had had like a dude, like all happy, like I got the vaccine, and then it had another picture of him with like a date of death over top of it. Yeah, and that's all it said. And then so the post was that dude posts up his COVID vaccine card, which you shouldn't be doing, anyways. And then the next picture, all in one meme, was him and his like his death date and his obituary, whatever. And then the guy in the post says, what do you guys think about this? And I'm sitting there going, well, I think I want some more information. Oh, like, but not the people in the comments, though. They yeah, were all about it. They man. were going like, oh, serves him right for being a guinea pig. And yeah, that's why I'm not getting jabbed. And how are your clinical trials going now, buddy? I'm like, they were just like, called ruthless, man. Like, oh, my God. Like, do you people like if the Ethiopian prince sends you an email, do you immediately believe everything he has to say? Like, come on. First of all, did the guy actually die? It's a picture of a dude with the date that says he died. Right. That's all it says that for all I know, this guy's completely made up. Like the name could be wrong. The, 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 like they, maybe they just like Googled a dude. Anybody with MS paint could have made a meme that looked like this. (laughs) Seriously. Uh, so yeah, have a little skepticism, like, come on. But so, the the next level of of claim that's a, maybe a little bit more rigorous or at least rigorous sounding is people are pointing to the VAERS system, which is V A E R S, and it is the Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System. Yeah, which it's supposed to be reputable, and even the, some of these major vaccine companies direct people to go there if they experience any kind of symptoms. So right, so it, it's an actual place that this that's run by the cdc and the idea is that if you have an adverse effect after getting a vaccine whatever the effect is you can report it and this way they won't miss some potential like the blood clots for example or something they won't miss some potential effect and so they can look into it unfortunately um if you've ever met the internet having a system literally anyone with a internet connection can submit to is not going to lead to great data, particularly when you have 53% of the population who believe this is an existential threat to America. Yeah. There may be people who are maliciously going on there and reporting stuff. They, there could be like, I we don't know. I just to try it out 
went there and like made up a bogus report. I did not submit it because that is a crime, but I could have done it. I, I filled the whole thing out and I could have clicked submit and you were just waiting for that stop gap to keep you from keep going. And, and it and never it came, ne- never came. And so I could have easily recorded that Ron Swanson born in 19, 1969 died because his penis exploded after getting the vaccine. And that would have gone into the statistics. No, that's like, a way to go. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if Ron Swanson's going to go, yeah, that's how he's going to go. So, yeah. So basically if you want to know if people are dying from the vaccine, what, what, what would be a good way to test that? Like if, if you were going to try to test that, like let's be scientists for a second, maybe one way you could do it is you could, I don't know, like inject a lot of people with it. Right. You and, could do wait clinical trials. Yeah, we could call it clinical trials because it'd yeah. be a trial in a clinic, right? And then and then you would give them in a controlled setting the thing and say, did they die? No, they didn't die. And and just to be safe, we'd probably want to like give some other people something we said is a vaccine but actually isn't, and that way we can like look at the people who didn't get it and compare it to the people who did, and then like see what happens. Maybe we could do that. And then well, maybe you could go to the New England Journal of Medicine and read the statistics yourself. You freaking Neanderthal, like. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's it really is. It's a uh, this whole thing is a lack of, of skepticism or misapplied skepticism, right? Right. And I, I was talking this over with a mutual friend of ours last night, and there are particularly for some segments of the population, African Americans, Native Americans, who have historically not had a great history with the government handing out free vaccines and stuff like that. So particularly if you were part of one of those minorities, I could understand some initial hesitance, you know? Yeah. Like, and like I said, if you heard that it normally takes eight years, I can get like day one, you're not sure, but this isn't day one anymore. We've had four or five months of you to be unsure, look into it and then be sure. Right. So at this point, the data is there for anybody to look at and it's there's just no reason for it to be made up there's what would anyone have to gain and even if they have something to gain even if you think pfizer is just full of nothing but people who are twirling their mustaches and cackling to themselves like this data is available to every doctor on the planet Right. They wouldn't be able to sit there and twirl their mustaches if people were actually dying from the stuff they were jabbing in their <laughs> arms. Right. Like we've had a clinical trial of like 2 million people getting injected. Like if, if a bunch of people were just dropping dead, gee, you'd think someone would have noticed. Yeah. I mean, I noticed it. I saw a post on the internet that said a guy died from getting it. So it, I think the reason we're harping on this right now is because it is so important for us to get that herd immunity nationally it, and globally like people are literally dying and they're dying because like we live in an amazing time we live in a time with modern medicine where diseases that you know two centuries ago would have just rampaged through the population we'd have no way to stop it we'd have we could we'd, we'd be completely helpless we're not helpless anymore we've invented ways to protect ourselves and sheer animal ignorance is stopping people. It it is literally free. <laughs> yeah. The Spanish flu of 1918 that happened in 1906 and 1911, remember that one? <laughs> that was bad. Yeah, that was bad. You know, <laughs> and, and I I was about to say actually that, you know, I bet those people would have loved to have a vaccine, 
But as soon as I said that, yeah, people don't change. I guarantee you, if they'd come out with a vaccine, there'd be a 25% of the country that, you know, would. Yeah, I mean, I'm all, I'm all for people having a right to choose, like, to not get vaccinated, right? But when it impacts other people, like, like maybe you don't want to get an HPV vaccine because, you know, whatever. Like, that doesn't really have as big an impact as a COVID vaccine. We put yeah. speed limits on the road because I like to drive fast, but I also recognize that if I drive fast, I may put other people and myself in danger. And so we have to reel that back in. Which which is a good point. There's there's a reason why this is important. This isn't just like a you do you, I'll do me thing. Because every single person who chooses not to get vaccinated is a risk to the rest of the world. What they're saying is my ignorance is more important than your safety. Well, they're so, not actually saying that. They're, they're ignorant about themselves being ignorant. but Right. That's yeah. what their actions yeah. are demonstrating. Uh, because, and, and you might hear them say, or you might have said yourself, well, if the vaccine works, then it shouldn't matter what I do, right? Well, no vaccine is 100% effective, first of all. Like, it's 95% effective, but 95 ain't 100. Condoms aren't 100% effective, bro. Only abstinence is 100% effective. Yeah. Well, not, not for Mary. That didn't work out for her. <laughs> that is, yeah, you're right. You are right. Abstinence <laughs> is 99.9 and a lot of nines, but not 100% effective. <laughs> Anyways. <Yeah>. Anyways. <laughs> uh, so they're not 100% effective. And um, the more people, so the more people that are transmitting it, the more likely that someone who's vaccinated is going to get it. There are people who cannot get vaccinated because they, it makes them sick or they're allergic to something in it and it makes puts them at risk and viruses mutate the longer they're around passing around people so you know we've had some variants show up in south africa and in germany i think not so sure in germany south africa for sure and they're more dangerous yeah and that's just going to keep happening as long as people aren't vaccinated we need to we need to nip it in the bud yeah and so fast. if you are choosing not to get vaccinated you are a bad person and you should feel bad and correct it yeah i would say that to anybody even my family members like yeah that's our show guys hopefully this information has armed you to be better equipped when you're telling someone that they're wrong on the internet which at the end of the day is what's really important well not really but i mean it's kind of up there it's it's important to me (laughs) so uh, we're going to post all of our sources, so please check our work. Don't take, we're just two drooling idiots. Don't take our word for it. Do the research on your own, but we'll actually give you the sources we used. And if you find research that is better than the research that we found, please let tell us. us. Know. Yeah, if we're wrong about anything, please tell us. You can reach us on Facebook, facebook.com slash reason the number two doubt, or you can comment on this on whatever podcast. Uh, format whatever or like castbox whatever or youtube they'll be posted on youtube now so you can comment on it there um if you did enjoy this if this was useful to you at all it's really helpful if you leave a rating or a like or whatever and share it to your friends or if you didn't like it you know leave that too and give us some ideas for future podcast episodes which speaking of future podcast episodes uh we've decided it's come to our attention that some of our fans the ones that give us feedback anyways the ones that give us feedback uh some of them don't care about religion. Who'd have thunk it? <laughs>
which is shocking to me. Like, what atheist who doesn't believe in religion and it doesn't affect his life in any way whatsoever doesn't want to hear super in-depth refutations of religious thought? Well, now that you say it like that, I mean... Maybe, <laughs> <laughs> maybe we should have seen it coming. So, so what we're going to try out is we're going to alternate episodes. on a, We've been kind of doing it kind of lackadaisical. Yeah, sometimes we'll do a couple religious one, yeah. non-religious, but... So what we're going to do from here on out, or we're going to try it out anyway, is we're going to release two episodes a month. The first episode a month, so this episode, or no, the second episode a month, the 15th, the normal day, will be not religious, like this one vaccines next one's going to be on the moon landing i believe uh and then on the first of the month at the top of the month will be religious not necessarily christian the next one we're going to be talking about is new age woo nonsense raising <laughs> raise uh, uh, i think one of the videos that we're going to be looking at is raising your quantum consciousness to the next level raising your frequency also your frequency not just yours but the entire earth's yeah uh, so look forward to that. Hopefully, and again, if you have any suggestions, please let us know, and we'll tackle it. But until then, remember, you've always got reason to doubt. <laughs>